the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Is a Monday in July the same as a Monday in January? Does it have the same attraction or disaffiliation? It has the same, it has a totally different feel, Mm -hmm. even though it is the same day. Right. A Monday, yeah, because you kind of feel like I could go outside when I get home and hang out for three hours. And it's not dark till a quarter to nine. I mean, I feel really differently about this Monday than like the third Monday in January. Well, you're just back from vacation. Well, yeah. So there could be a little vacation drag to you. Yeah, there's a little bit of haze that has settled Mm. over me. (laughs) It's the real world. This time last week, you were lounging in a pool. Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. I was lounging in a pool like I did every... uh, You know, I've never... We were talking about this on our family vacation. I have never done a vacation like this one that we did. I mean, not like since I was an adult. I've never done a vacation where you just sit someplace and go in the pool. Really? I've never done that. What? What have you done instead? Like busy? Like I mean, we've looking? done, we, you know, I went to, on trips, I went, you know, to the Pacific Northwest. I went to Europe. I went to uh, Far East. You know, that's what I learned this weekend. Not vacation. No, that's a trip, yes, yes. which we delineated no. when we were discussing in the pool from our floaties, the difference between going on a trip like that and what we were doing, which is just basically eating and submerging. Yes. 26 family members. Yes. 26 people together on vacation. That's a big crew. That's a lot of vacation. That's a lot of people. That sure is. It was, no, it was super fun. Really? But the key is to have enough space. Mm-hmm. I mean, you we would not have had nearly the fun we had if we were all crammed together and had two bathrooms. Right. That's, so you weren't like at the Ramada. Uh-uh. No, we had a huge piece of property in the lovely state of Maryland. Excellent. With a pool? With a huge pool. Mm-hmm. A huge pool that we were in all the darn time. Yeah, it was nice. great. It Excellent. was so relaxing. Excellent. Yeah, that's how a vacation so should relaxing. be. relaxing. Right? You're doing nothing. I've done more trips than vacations, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now that you know. I, I enjoy <clears throat> a vacation. Mm, yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. But I'm happy to be back in the studio well, welcome here. Back. Nice we to see you, Lex. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lex, nice to see you, together. John. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I'm sort of like <clears throat> straddling the post um uh, ammonia pneumonia right mm, still a little uh, crubby there i don't this is the first time we've been in the same room in three weeks mm-hmm. or a month pretty close it's a long yeah. time because yeah. of your illness communicable status yeah, yes well that's all over i think it's all over that's great yeah very good I'm super happy for you and oh. we have a great show mm-hmm. we're celebrating being back together the three of us in the studio and uh, we're going to be doing does this make sense our daily feature at 525 also is meeting friends online normal 
I think it is. It's the new normal. Maybe not for you and I, but for a certain generation, it's definitely normal. It's coming up in the five o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Also looking forward to conversations with Dr. Neil Plantinga, Gordon Govier. We'll talk about archaeology with Gordon. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about how to be a neighbor mm-hmm. in the fullest sense of the word, not just how to live next to somebody. Right. How to be a neighbor with Neil Plantinga uh, from the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship. Uh, he's got another book that I have come to love that I've talked about several times. It's fabulous. Um, and uh, food news. Food news? Yep. All right. Just All a little right. bit of food okay, news. Okay, good. And what is he? No, sorry, we're missing Greg Clarkston. We always start off Monday with Greg always. Clarkston. Always. He's on vacation. Whatever. Right? No priorities in his life. He's, no <laughs> No loyalty is what it's we should Sad. Right? What the heck's going? Anyway, we'll, we'll still do a news update, but from a different perspective, mm-hmm. all right? Okay, so because it is the top of the uh, 4 o'clock hour, Kathy always presents us with the news of I the do. day. This has been a busy news day. So without further ado, please give us the top four at four. I haven't done this in a while, John, mm-hmm. because of vacation. Do I start with number one? It's like riding a bike. You've got this. Monday, July 10th, 2023. Already good. There you go. Number one. The government's final witness in the eligibility phase of Robert Bauer's trial testified today that the man who killed 11 at the Squirrel Hill Synagogue had the capacity to plan and the intent to kill, making him a candidate for execution. Dr. Park Dietz, a nationally renowned psychiatrist, cited the cold, calculated responses he received from Bauer's during three days of interviews in May as evidence to support his findings. You can read more about this in the trip today. I will tell you that it is is a disturbing recounting that Dr. Dietz gives. Um, But he does point to Bauer's description of his planning of the attack, his ability to keep those plans secret, and his analysis of how he performed, including recognizing mistakes he made and how he could have caused more carnage. Number two. Turkey's president gave his approval for Sweden to join NATO. That happened shortly before we went to air. Uh, It paves the way for NATO to complete a historic expansion launched in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. According to the Wall Street Journal, NATO Secretary General Jens, I think it's Jens Stoltenberg, said that Turkish President Erdogan had agreed to forward Sweden's accession to the Turkish parliament as soon as possible. Now, if you're keeping track of this, Erdogan had blocked Sweden's formal NATO bid for more than a year, but told officials he would drop his objections after hours of meetings ahead of the alliance's summit in Lithuania. That'll be interesting, right? Very much so. Finland decided to join NATO earlier this year in conjunction with Sweden in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine because all of a sudden they were like, holy heck, there better be somebody other than me protecting us. That's right. Back us up. Number three. This probably won't bring joy to your heart, but uh, AT&T, Verizon, and other telecom giants have left behind a sprawling network. How about I turn my phone off? Someone watching. A sprawling network of cables covered in toxic lead that stretches across the U.S., under the water, in the soil, and on poles overhead, a Wall Street Journal investigation found. As the lead degrades, it is ending up in places where we Americans live, work, and play. According to the article that you can read, it's lengthy and a little disturbing in its implication. Lead has been found on the banks of the Mississippi and Louisiana, in the Detroit River in Michigan, the Willamette River in Oregon, and the Passiac River in New Jersey. According to the journal's tests of samples, found from nearly 130 underwater cable sites. Mm, I was worried about microplastics. Exactly. Or we were worried about the lead in our pipes. Well, there's a lot more to that. And number four, 
The Pirates drafted pitcher Paul Skeens from LSU, former uh, Air Force Academy product. Um, he pitched an intense 122 and two-thirds innings mm. at LSU. Um, I think it's exciting. I do, too. He might be in the rotation next year. Would that be? I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like from what I've read that he needs more development. No, I don't think so. And that he's probably ready to go. He's ready to go. The Pirates did not mess things up. They didn't mess things. Could have been Cruz. Yes. But it ended up being Skeens. I feel good about it. Anyway, that's that's your top four. Is he, what, 22, 23, you said? He's going to graduate from LSU. He Mm. played three years with uh, Air Force. The signing bonus? I don't know. 9.6 mil. Uh-huh. Really? He's first-round pick in all of baseball. I mean, 9.6. Yeah. Instant millionaire. 9.6. <laughs> yeah, that's something else, isn't it? Yeah. So while I was away, it uh, looked like the uh, Pirates were busy losing to the Dodgers. Yes, they were. Okay. Mm, on a regular basis. Which okay. I tuned in on a nightly basis. Did you? Basis. Okay, so that was a yeah. pick-me-up. Because I can never get enough of losing. Bring it on, Bucks. Just get a little, little more. However, we're in the All-Star break. Yeah, we are. And we have two All-Star players. Oh, we do. Right? Yep. I was really excited to David see that. David Bednar, Mitch Keller. Yeah. That's very nice. I was hoping Kutch would get in there, as yeah. he, which is a sentimental favorite, but such is life. That's okay. Yeah. Getting two is great. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for it. Right. We're going to step away, but when we come back, even though Greg Clugston's not here, we will still talk about the news, but this time with Dan Silliman. He's the news editor of Christianity Today. We'll talk about what's going on next. Glad you're with us. It's the Monday edition. Ride home. WORD. We're Ann and Dave Wilson. You know, marriage and parenting are not easy. And we're certainly not marriage experts or perfect parents, but we've learned a few lessons over 41 years of marriage and three sons, and we want to pass those along to you, and we'll also be joined by special guests. So join us here each weekday for Family Life Today, as together we pursue the relationships that matter most. Family Life Today, tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Let's face it, talking about life insurance is never easy. But after we watched a close friend lose her husband with no insurance, we decided that wasn't going to happen to our family. Yeah, but shopping for life insurance can be almost as difficult as talking about it. But then we heard about Ethos Life Insurance. They're a new kind of life insurance built for people on a busy schedule who don't have time for unnecessary doctor's visits, fine print, or hidden fees. You know, who want to keep it simple. I couldn't believe how easy it was. We answered a few basic questions, and within minutes, we had an estimate of what it would cost and what sort of policy made sense for us. I never imagined a life insurance could be so affordable. And accessible. The peace of mind knowing that our future is secure, it just removes a lot of the fear around getting older. And Yeah, the unexpected. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we went with ethoslife.com. Go to getethos.com now for your free estimate. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH 
to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. Hey, did you know only six states still have an inheritance tax? Unfortunately, Pennsylvania is one of them. This is John Steigerwald. You know, lucky for you, you've got Abernethy and Hagerman there in your corner. I know Jay Hagerman. I've talked with him and his team. And trust me, they know you've worked hard for your money. And they know how to help ensure it gets to the ones you love. Protect what you've spent your life working for. Keep more of what's yours. With Abernethy and Hagerman, visit a-h.law. We start the week with a news report. Daniel Silliman joins us. Daniel Silliman is the news editor for Christianity Today and uh, up to date with uh, what's happening in Christendom here in the United States and around the world as well. Hey, Daniel, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hey, John. Good to be here. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thanks so much. Yeah, happy to have you, Dan. Um, so, of course, we're, we're still reeling after uh, the news of another mass shooting in Baltimore uh, this weekend at a Fourth of July party. Um, and, you know, it... Is it too much to say that mass shootings tend to run together in your head because there are so many of them? I mean, what is that? Don't you? That's just that's such a horrible statement on uh, that we can say about our current climate in the country. But it is what it is. Um, anyway, uh, so Sutherland Springs shooting um, that happened five years ago in Texas, in uh, the rural part, one of the rural parts of the state um, during Sunday worship. I think more than 20 people died. Um, talk about the latest in that. Um, and the the lawsuit that was raised against the Air Force. Yeah, we do. Man, they do run together, and it's really hard to keep track. I think it's important from a, from a news perspective to, to to try and go back to some of these cases and yeah. and find out more of what happened. You know, we know so little in the first days when everyone's paying attention. The um, Sutherland Springs Church shooting back in twenty. 17 um, killed 26 people. Um, the shooter fired hundreds of bullets in, in 11 minutes. And recently what happened was the United States Department of Justice agreed in a, in a legal settlement to pay survivors and the families of the victims $144.5 million. The, the issue there is that the, the the person who did the shooting was a uh, former airman, and he had been convicted of domestic assault, and that information wasn't made available to mm-hmm. the FBI for a background check. So if there had been uh, a good background check, he should have been denied access to a um, semi-automatic rifle. Instead, he was able to purchase one and go to this church where his ex-wife occasionally attended and uh, change a lot of lives forever. Of course, $144 million, $145 million doesn't um, change the tragedy. It doesn't bring anybody back or, or, or fix the hole that's been left in so many families. But hopefully it's, a, it's the kind of amount that will... Um, you know, encourage systems to correct and do a better job at uh, reporting information 
that needs to be available, um, like domestic abuse convictions. Daniel, this is fascinating because it's unusual for there to be, and I would say, you know, I guess I would say this in air quotes, a fairly quick settlement uh, uh, from the victims, right? Um, sometimes these lawsuits can go on forever and ever and ever, but it feels as though uh, this is not justice, you said, but at least there is some recompense here. Yeah, it does. I mean, I do think it's uh, it's unique in mass shootings. Part of that's probably because it is the government. It is the um, U.S. Air Force and the Department of Justice, where, where normally I think, um, you know, it's not as clear who is supposed to be held accountable for the system breaking down and the laws being such that um, people have access to guns who want to hurt a lot of people. Right. In this case, there was a background check failure, and the law, because it currently exists, uh, would have worked or could have worked if only the proper information had been reported. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly it's a horrific story. We would hope it would never be repeated again. But, of course, where we are in this world and especially in the country, I'm sure we'll see more of this down the road. Daniel Silliman is with us from Christianity Today. We're talking about uh, recent news stories that involve you and I, people of faith around the world. Daniel, uh, let's move forward and talk about El Salvador. Uh, El Salvador has been in the news recently. Um, The president of El Salvador, I guess you call him the president of El Salvador, um, is a, a, a believer and with that, of course, there's been uh, inroads of Christian faith in the government, uh, in the private sector as well. Talk to us uh, about El Salvador and uh, the prison ministry that exists within mm-hmm. El Salvador government. Yeah, we, uh, we've also recently reported that, that Central America in general has had pretty dramatic growth of evangelicals. Um, there's been a lot of people finding a personal relationship with Jesus and uh you know, renewed um, spiritual experience in, in evangelical churches. But if people have been paying attention to, to sort of uh, general mainstream news, probably the thing you've seen is that Central America has a really intense gang problem, and the violence and corruption is causing a, a, a lot of people to flee and seek asylum in the U.S. This is the the root cause, the deeper cause of the immigration crisis, asylum seeker crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. So I really, I really loved this study when I found it, which uh, interviewed 1,200 people who are serving time in El Salvador for uh, for major crimes, including murder and uh, drug distribution. And they asked these 1,200 people who are who are all in one way or another involved in gangs, like. What is the acceptable way out of a gang? How can one be involved in this kind of criminal life and 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 move and change and be reformed? And they said, well, there you know the gangs we're talking MS13 or 18th Street, other groups like that don't have a don't have a resignation process. You know, people join right. at 10, 12, 13 years old. You can't say, hey, I'm done. That was a terrible mistake I made as a child. However, religious conversion is generally viewed as one way that people can stop participating. 97% said that church membership was an acceptable way to calm down or just reduce participation. And a little more than half said conversion was the one thing that the gangs would accept as a, as a, 
and um, and no, hey, I'm done with this life, and I have found new life in Christ and in this local church. The story in El Salvador is so complicated. Um, I, you know, the president is so intent on cracking down on the gang problem, and of course. That's why he's so popular in Central America, right? Is because the average mm-hmm. person is thinking, you know, I, we would like some measure of safety, something that we can count on in society. But a lot of innocent people have also gotten caught up in these, you know, draconian arrests. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, it's not for us it does to get. It does get very tricky. I think a lot of um, pastors in El Salvador have been critical of. At this Christian uh, president's uh, policies because they feel like it doesn't distinguish between reformed gang members, people who were in gangs, um, who are who are trying to live a different life, and um, and people who um, you know are still are still doing terrible things. It seems, from what I can tell, that 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 arrests is not going to be a simple solution. You know, you need trust in institutions. You need a non-corrupt police department. You need um, uh, economic resources so that people have other options besides joining gangs. But maybe a piece of that, I think the studies suggest that maybe a piece of this can be religious reform at the grassroots level level and giving people, you know, hope in Christ, which obviously um, has eternal consequences, but could also help people uh, make different decisions. Well, the fact that you've brought up a multifaceted approach is what we don't seem to be able to consider in America. It's either or. You know, it's it's, right. I mean, we're talking about gun reform um, or trying to do anything that would ameliorate our our issue with mass shootings. It's like you either have to be in favor of uh, stripping gun rights completely or you uh-huh. have to, you know what I mean? There's no middle ground. There's no, there's, it just seems like there are a few people in the public who are saying, yeah, okay, we could limit some gun rights, but how about we also look at uh, religious faith-based solutions? How about we also deal with, you know, an epidemic of loneliness? How about, you know what I mean? Being able to look at it as yeah. one thing instead of just as one plate that guns are bad. We do struggle sometimes to walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, we should do. Daniel Sullivan's are complicated. Yeah, they yeah. are complicated, which means that there's not, to me, no easy solution. there's no, not one solution right. is going to go in and fix the problem that El Salvador has or the problems we have. Exactly. Daniel, uh, let's move forward. And uh, our time is always short when you join us. And uh, we appreciate the, the breadth and the depth of what you cover. Daniel Silliman with us from Christianity Today. Uh, CT did a piece, uh, which you're part of, Daniel, about where Christians pray. This is fascinating. I, I never even considered this about the various places of where people pray. Can you go into this, please? Wasn't this fascinating? So this is a a study that came out from City Square Associates, and it's not just Christians, it's all Americans, so that would include um, Jews and Buddhists and anybody who prays at all. But um, they found that the most common place for for Americans to pray is their bedroom. 51% of people say that they pray Mm -hmm. in their bedroom. I don't know if that's... um, traditional kneeling by the bedside before bed, now I lay me down to sleep, or mm-hmm. that's, you know, tucked under the covers and anxiety at night. Probably both. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, another another stat that I really loved from this is that 37, so more than a third of Americans, pray in their cars. 
I've been trying to use this when I'm uh, frustrated at distracted drivers in my day to remind myself, well, maybe that person was, was praying and that's what's going on in that yeah. car. And maybe I could pray too. That's very generous. Uh, unfortunately, you know, only, only 20, 28%, um, so a little more than, than one in four pray in churches or houses of worship. Hmm. So as we see, it, it, it tells us a little bit about this larger story of change in America where fewer and fewer people identify with a specific religion, fewer and fewer people, fewer and fewer Christians belong to a congregation or a local church, um, but people are still quite religious. People still believe in God. They still pray, though they struggle to form fellowship with other believers and be part of a congregation. If you're looking for more analysis on uh, the Christian church, on things going on today, and of course also things looking back, you can check out Dan's book called Reading Evangelicals, How Christian Fiction Shaped a Culture and a Faith. Dan, always good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Have a good day. And you as well. Always a pleasure. Daniel Sullivan and Christianity Today, uh, they've got their pulse on uh, the news stories of the day, whether here across the nation or around the world. Take a quick break, come back. Loneliness next. Attention, your money is now controlled by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. Attention, your money is now controlled by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. Our real goal at RPTS is to train people for ministry. Whether training to be a pastor or just wanting to grow in your walk with God, you'll find what you're looking for at RPTS. We want to see them really grounded in their theological growth. We want it to be heart-directed as well. We want to see students prepared to serve and to love the people of God and develop ministries that we think have a great partnership with the local church. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. 
Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Let's face it, we love Alexa. And we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do. And Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. Expect clear skies for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 60. Sunshine mixing with a few clouds tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 86. Mainly clear skies for tomorrow night with a low of 64. Partly sunny skies on tap for Wednesday with a high of 85. Mostly cloudy Thursday, humid, couple of showers and a thunderstorm at a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We live increasingly in a solitary society. This is from The Hill today. Nearly 30% of American households comprise of a single person, which is a record high. Scholars say that living alone is not a trend so much as a transformation. Across much of the world, large numbers of people are living alone for the first time in recorded history. It's just a stunning social change, says Eric Klinenberg, a sociologist at NYU, New York University, author of the book Going Solo. He says... I came to see it as the biggest demographic change in the last century that we failed to recognize and take seriously. Homo sapiens, of course, all of us, are social animals. Historians have tapped ancient census rolls to show that our species have lived in groups for as long as such records have existed, stretching back to early census remarks from 1600. The U.S. Census Bureau shows that solitaires made up 8% of all households in 1940. That's what they called us. 8% in 1940. Yep, solitaires. The share of solo households doubled to 18% in 1970 and more than tripled to an estimated 29% by 2022. The solo living moment intersects with several other societal trends. Americans are marrying later, if at all. The nation is aging. The national birth rate is falling. People are living longer, or they were, until the pandemic arrived. And more than anything, perhaps, the rise of single-person households is about women entering the workforce and achieving economic self-sufficiency. The share of adult women participating in the labor force reached 50% around 1980. Historically speaking, you don't see people living alone until women have control of their own lives and their own bodies, Eric Klingenberger says. Control of their own bodies, that's Uh right, that's shorthand for abortion. Exactly. So 8% in 1940, 18% in 1970, almost 30% in 2022. Mm -hmm. That is a a huge leap. It is. Well, it, it does make sense. If people are living longer... A spouse passes away, right? There's a lot of elderly people Mm -hmm. who are living alone now, unfortunately. And a lot of women who uh, weren't going to marry would live at home longer than they do now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think, I mean. I know. Don't you know people who live alone? Sure. Yeah. Of course. And It used to be, there was somewhat of a stigma, wouldn't you think? mm -hmm. And I. I think when we talk about trends like this, it's easy to say, oh, well, that's bad news. Well, I mean, it's not bad news for everybody. No. 
I it's think good. A, yeah, I think I think for a lot of people it's good it's news. It's the best news, right? But I but here's here's the big uh caveat. Here we go. When you live alone but you spend time online. Yeah, you're not alone. You can trick yourself into thinking that you're not isolated. Well, we're going to talk a little later on in the show about um finding online friends. Right? right? I mean, that's that's a normal thing. I say to my kids all the time, well, you, you going to go out? Well, why am I going to go out? Well, don't you want to be with your friends? Well, I've, I'm with my friends right now. Well, where are your friends? But, yes. But the social But it's aspect, not the same. It's not it's the same not at all, of the course. Same. I'm not saying it's bad it's to be with different. people online or to do Zoom or to connect via text or whatever. I think that's all good. But it still isn't the same. I think we no. have to keep at the forefront of our minds that we're different people if we only have digital relationships. But you know what you know. So kids in their late teens or their 20s who only know this, especially reinforced by the pandemic, they're comfortable with it. It's not a stigma. I'm not saying it should be a stigma, but I still think it should be a concern. I agree. And there's nothing better than face-to-face, eye-to-eye. Of course, that changes everything. Coming up next, how archaeology affirmed the historic stature of a biblical king. Sometimes when you see people who are outside the church talk about a biblical story, they think, well, that's just a fable. That didn't really happen. I'll talk to Gordon Govier next about it. Right home. 101.5 WORD. Few things bring more potentially deadly consequences than being unprepared for a battle. The same is true in the battle with sin. If you're unprepared for the enemy's attacks, the results will be devastating. To make sure you're on guard against those attacks as you await our Lord's return, John MacArthur helps you prepare on the next Grace to You. This is John MacArthur inviting you to listen to Grace to You every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on 101.5 Word FM. And paid for by Open Chart Concepts. Attention firefighters, members of the military, and airport workers. For decades, first responders and firefighters at military bases and airports used a chemical-based foam to fight fires. Studies have shown that chemicals used to make aqueous film-forming foam, or AFFF, are highly toxic to humans and have been associated with several types of cancer. If you or someone you know was exposed to AFFF, and were diagnosed with any of these cancers, including kidney, bladder, prostate, pancreatic, lymphoma, leukemia, testicular, and neuroendocrine, then you should call us immediately because you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call us at 800-515-8809. Our experienced attorneys will fight to get you the compensation you deserve, and you pay nothing unless we get a recovery in your favor. Time is limited to file a claim, so call us now, 800-515-8809. Operators are standing by 24-7, so don't wait, 800 800- 515-8809. That's 800-515-8809. Again, 800-515-8809. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's Trinity Jewelers' 6th Annual Half Off, Half the Store Sale. It only happens once a year. Come to Trinity Jewelers on Mount Nebo Road this Thursday through July 18th and get half off, half the store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Don't miss out. Shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers' Half Off, Half the Store Sale at Trinity Jewelers' Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 23 years. 
years at their schoolhouse location. Ends Tuesday, July 18th. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kanodik and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. I remember when uh, an archaeologist, I had to look up his name, I didn't remember it, Israel Finkelstein, you'd think that would stick in my head, yes. right? Um, had uh, commented in an article in the New York Times on the biblical kingdom of David, mm-hmm. or the house of David. And I remember it because he is a, he's highly regarded in his uh, field of study. And he basically said, like, the house of David was like no big deal. He said um, it was really only, they were a bunch of hillbillies, is basically what he said. It was, you know kind of no big deal. He said, someone for whom the Bible represents the word of God views what I have to say with complete shock because the description is of a glorious kingdom, a huge empire, Uh, authors in the king's court, uh, an army military conquests, but they were nothing, as I said, but hillbillies. Um, So uh, kind of interested to see that other people um, since then have been taking up that uh, perspective and, and weighing it and saying, no, wait a minute. Is that really historically how we look at King David in the biblical narrative? Um, was it different than that? And if it was different than that, what was it like? Uh, so we're happy to have Gordon Govier with us, or maybe it's Gordon Govier. He's going to tell us in just a minute. He writes about biblical archaeology for Christianity Today. He hosts the archaeology radio program, also the book and the spade. Gordon, welcome in. Hi, Kathy. I'm glad to be with you. Is it Govier? It is Govier. Okay, Govier. Govier. We're, okay. We're, we're English. Okay. <laughs> All right, Gordon. So so answer the question. You're familiar with that uh, comment as well because I saw it in your piece today in CT. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, I worked with uh, Israel Finkelstein when I was a volunteer at Effect back in 1978, and he was still in graduate school at that time. But okay. he has become a highly regarded archaeologist. And uh, for many years, he was at Tel Aviv University, he's now at Haifa University. And after he made that statement or um, promoted what he called his low chronology, uh, many other archaeologists started to very closely evaluate the evidence for David and his kingdom. And now, 50 years later, there's a lot of evidence, and it's, and it's obvious that David was more than just a, a desert chieftain. He really was the kind of a king that the Bible says he was. Hmm. So, Gordon, I guess it brings up the question. I mean, the Bible is many things, of course, uh, but it, is it also a history book? It is not a history book, no, uh, but it does have a lot of historical information. And what's interesting about David is that he is at a pivot point in biblical archaeology. After David, we have a growing amount of evidence for biblical people and biblical events. Before David, the archaeology is not there very much um, in terms of individual personalities or or providing evidence for the biblical story and what happened. I see. So in your piece, How Archaeology Affirmed the Historic Statue of a Biblical King in CT, you talk about a really big breakthrough in 1993, which really crystallized David. Tell us about this, please. 
Yeah, that was one of the most important discoveries in biblical archaeology over the last half a century. And it occurred at the gate of Tel Dan in northern Israel. And um, the archaeologist who had been working there for many years had um, spent a little bit of time working in the afternoon. And one of his colleagues noticed the slanting rays of the sun were highlighting some writing on a rock that was near the, the city gate. And that turned out to be an inscription. It's from about 140 years after the time of King David. And it's called the House of David inscription or the Tel Dan Stele. And it actually mentions the House of David. And that discovery makes David the earliest biblical figure who was attested through archaeology. Wow. Wow. So what does that do for, what should that do for us? Um, I I don't want to be in a position where as Christians were, you know, so desperate for for scraps, credible scraps we would get from the secular media, which says, oh, maybe your Bible isn't stupid. You know, I don't want to look at it that way. I also don't want to be the kind of people that are going to just believe anything um, just because it's, you know, uh, we think that it is some sort of biblical precedent. Um, Talk to us about how we can reliably think through these things. Well, it's important to have archaeologists who are evangelical involved in biblical archaeology, and there are many of them, which is good, and to pay attention to to what they're doing. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do with my radio program over the last 40 years. And through the magazine, the Biblical Archaeology News Magazine, Artifacts, that that I've been privileged to edit with a couple of college professors. But um, I think one of the important things to say here is that archaeology does not prove the Bible. You know, we have 2,000 years of evidence of more than 2,000 years that the Bible is important. And I I really like the quote that's been attributed to Charles Spurgeon. He said, defend the Bible, I would as soon defend a lion, unchain it, and it will defend itself. Mm. And we have, you know, evidence of uh, thousands of years of how it has impacted people. So we don't have to have archaeologists in the 20th century or the 21st century saying, oh, yeah, yeah, it is true. Um, that, that's that's obvious. But what it does do is gives us perspective or context. And one of the uh, American archaeologists, evangelical archaeologists working in Israel, in a Decision magazine interview several years ago, said the biblical authors assume their audience knows the context of the revelation. Unfortunately, Westerners are far removed from the context of the revelation. Archaeology and biblical backgrounds help to place God's word in its proper context of revelation. So that's the value of biblical archaeology. Interesting. So what about you then personally, Gordon? This is our first time we've spoken to you. Now, you spend your career as an archaeologist. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. When you go out into the field, so to speak, and you see firsthand archaeological remnants, uh, discoveries of the the biblical truth, um, does it in some way fortify your belief? Does it lift you into a different place? Describe those things for you. Well, uh, first of all, I'm not an archaeologist. You know, I, w- I wouldn't say that at all. I, I'm uh, like many people. I've worked as a volunteer at an archaeological excavation. There are dozens of people doing that right now in Israel. Um, ordinary people working as volunteers at, at excavations. Um, what I, I I had a career in radio. I was in radio news, and I started my radio program about 40 years ago when I was a news director at a Christian radio station in Madison, Wisconsin. So I, I continue to do that, and I've been to Israel several times. I've worked on a few digs, and, um, you know, I've realized 
um, that context is important to me. You know, I like to I like to know the background of things. Mm-hmm. And um, when I when I think about places that I want to go, um, it's it's nice to to actually go there and see what it's like and how it all relates itself. Um, say you see a picture of, of a, a place, it's good to have been there. And so you know what's behind the picture and what's on either side. So um, I've, I, right now I, I'm working for the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students. And uh, as an employee, I've had some personality tests and, and I've discovered that context actually is one of my highest values. <laughs> so having all of this biblical context um, and being able to um, share it. Um, I, there's a Bible study on Sunday mornings that I'm privileged to lead at my church, and I can share some of this archaeological information that helps other people appreciate what particular passage that we're studying. Interesting. Gordon Govier is with us. You can check out his uh, publication called Artifacts, A-R-T-I-F-A-X. Also, he uh, hosts the archaeology radio program, The Book and the Spade. Uh, Gordon, I want to go back to the uh, the world of archaeology for a minute and ask you about, you said it's important to have evangelical architects who are, you know, willing to, you know, consider, you know, different aspects of the historical record. And that just made me wonder about just regular old archaeologists, you know, they might have a faith perspective, they might not. But what about, you know, what are they looking at the Bible as a historical record? Are there archaeologists that say, you know what, that's just a religious book, and so we're not going to consider it? Well, there's a whole spectrum of belief amongst archaeologists. And you have people at one end that are called maximalists, and evangelicals would fall at that end, people who believe that the Bible does have historical information and is a credible source of information. And on the other hand, at the far end of the other spec, the other end is uh, minimalists who don't believe anything about the Bible unless it has archaeological evidence to back it up. But along between those two poles, there's a lot of different varieties of perspectives. And uh, sometimes archaeologists are like economists. You get two archaeologists together and they have three opinions. (laughs) So, Gordon, there's still an awful lot to uncover, to excavate, isn't there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're just scratching the surface. That's what's, what's interesting is uh, in the latest issue of Artifacts, our biblical archaeology news magazine, we actually have an article of uh, – we have a news digest in this magazine. So we, we scan the stories in various media and report on the ones that, that have information about biblical archaeology. And there's actually a story about archaeologists who said it's time to stop digging. They've, they've uncovered too much information. Oh. The warehouses are full, and they don't have time to process all of it. And, and one of the biggest crimes in archaeology is archaeologists who are excited about getting out in the field and digging up stuff, but then they don't publish it in scientific excavations. Mm. Huh. That's really fascinating. It's time to stop digging. I mean, who would think that that would be the time? I mean, so there's so much there that people still haven't had the time to really go and study it. Any place you dig in Israel, you're bound to find something, really. Now, have you visited Israel? I've been there a few times. I figured. Um, I I never have. John never has. And we've been to a lot of places, Uh so we hate ourselves for not. Not we don't hate ourselves, but we're 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 very eager to go. Yeah, we are. But we realize we're lacking. Um, How how much did you how much did you enjoy it as you know, with an interest in archaeology? Well, archaeology is one of the main reasons to go to Israel. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I have a friend, John Delancey, uh, who lives in Pittsburgh and is uh, one of the best tour leaders that I've ever worked with. Really? Uh, he has a ministry called Biblical Israel Ministry and Tours, and he goes to Israel seven or eight times a year, and he does a fantastic job of linking the Bible to the archaeology and what you're seeing. Well, who knew? should have him on your program. What the Great. heck, Gordon? Okay, yeah. well, John just wrote his name down, so yeah. hopefully we will. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, Gordon, it's been a pleasure to meet. Thank you. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure to talk about archaeology. Yeah, let's come back and do it again, please. Uh, the article, I'd be glad to. Yeah, thank you. I mean, the Gordon, uh, the article is in CT, How Archaeology Affirmed the Historic Stature of a Biblical King. And obviously, we're just scratching the surface as well. If you're like me, one of the best parts of summer is a solid garage sale. Or let's be honest, most of what's going on is not great. I'm talking to you, scary 1980 Cabbage Patch Kid doll. But almost always, amidst the scary clutter, is a fantastic deal and opportunity to be found. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the same thing is going on in the new home purchase market right now. High interest rates are cabbage patch scary, but they've also created a big opportunity because high interest rates have brought home prices down, at least for now, meaning an opportunity to buy the dream home now because the price of a home is forever, with the plan to refinance the scary rate when rates settle, which many experts believe is in the near future. Know we've got a direct lender advantage that can often save you monthly and lifelong money and a $1,000 lender credit at closing for all Word FM listeners. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. Number 1330. That's Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. You're smart. You're busy. And don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel. Not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen. Free 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice, plus cryofacial for just $2.49. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com today. Need a roof replacement? How would you like it for half off? Word FM is partnering with the award-winning Bachman's Roofing and Solar for this exclusive one-time offer. Half off any full roof replacement valued up to $15,000. Just click the banner at wordfm.com for details and to apply. Bachman's will give you a free estimate and whatever it is, up to $15,000, you'll get it for half off. But act fast before it's gone. Click the banner at wordfm.com today. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. We are everywhere on your radio at one hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Chloe, put your helmet on. Okay, Dad. You work hard to protect your family, but some risks are easy to miss. Mosquito bites can spread germs that cause West Nile virus or Zika virus. Cockroaches leave behind bacteria as well as allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Stinging insects send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org, a public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC.
Well, speaking of archaeology, human remains found in Sharpsburg about two weeks ago were located on a burial site for indigenous people. Really? The Allegheny County Medical Examiner's Office announced Friday. The human remains were found on private property along Short Canal Street on June 21st when People's Natural Gas Company crews were digging for a pipeline extension project. One medical examiner's staff confirmed the bones were human. They reached out to an anthropologic and archaeological expert for consultation who determined the bones were on a burial site for indigenous people. Hmm. County officials said proper parties have been contacted and the remains will be released to their descendants for recreation. The medical examiner's office and Allegheny County Police, which were originally called to investigate, consider the matter resolved and the case closed. So there are still tribes here in western Pennsylvania. Right. I'm sure they'll take those bones. That's fascinating. Boy, that is fascinating. Okay, which reminds me of the story of Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry? You mean the ice cream guys? Yeah, yeah. No, two other people named Ben and Jerry. Yeah, right. Ben and Jerry's made a big uh, to-do two weeks ago, I believe. Uh, We believe that, you know, Ben and Jerry's, I'm speaking for Ben and Jerry. They made this on Twitter? Yes. Okay. They made a public pronouncement. We believe that the United States government should repriate ancient ancient property owned by indigenous people. Oh, so turn back. Yeah. So we may be sitting now on, you know, Indian property. Well, over the uh, last week, it turns out that Ben and Jerry's corporate offices are indeed our indigenous property. When they said that, they they didn't know that they were on themselves indigenous property? They did not. (laughs) So we'll see if they back up those words. Uh, (laughs) Right? Well, isn't that ironic? It is. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to be careful what you say, right? Yeah. Huh. It's a very brave stance. Let's see what happens. I don't, I mean, it's a hard question because, because you want, not you, I would like to recognize God's justice that goes on over time. Sure. And so people who had things stolen from them, I would like to see those restored. Sure. Well, you see the government saying, you know, here, these are the treaties that we've made for you. Right. right. These are the treaties, and it's in writing. It's in black and white. But, of course, you know, the Indians were pushed further west, further, further, further west, right. further west. Right. And here's the other thing, is that the history of the globe is people taking land from other people. Always. So it's not like this only happened in America with the American Indians or the Native Americans. Those who conquer take are the spoils. Right. This is the history of the planet. So how far back do you go? I mean, is is some? I mean, there are there are communities in the south of France and the south of Germany. They've gone back and forth between being French and German for you know 150 years. I think the difference is though, because this country is still relatively young. You're holding a legal document that was written by the United States government. We say this, well, then this is yours, it, right. then that's and then, what it should be. So is that the kind of land that Ben and Jerry's corporate headquarters is on? I'm not sure. I'm sure there were many, many treaties written and many treaties broken. I mean, I think there were corporate headquarters in Vermont, so that was in the very beginning. Heck, well, I mean, we pushed the Indians you know, to the Pacific Ocean. So I, you, can you imagine how old that treaty was? Who knows? Okay, so Ben and Jerry made made that you know stance uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Threads, the new Twitter? Oh yeah. So uh, it's a new social media platform that seems to be taking users away from right. Twitter. I think in the first three days or so, sixty million people signed up. 
for that new that's a, that's a, a sh- very impressive number have you been, have you been on it i haven't have I you signed up for it yeah yeah and uh i mean it's hard to say because it's so new right it's supposed to be um less vitriol well, uh yeah let's hope so right uh, who's the Twitter wasn't supposed to be any vitriol at all when no, it started. It's, not. it's a cesspool now, isn't it? Yes. I mean, Elon the problem Musk blew is not Twitter. Up. The problem are the human hearts of the people who use it. Yeah. And the gates that are around those human hearts. Yeah. What's permissible? What's allowed? You feel like it's gotten worse since Elon Musk oh, came. Times I, it, 10. It's very weird. It's just, it, I can't believe how much has changed. Yeah. It's pretty base. So, yeah, I mean, choose your media empire. Is it Zuckerberg, Musk? You know, they're all in it for the same thing. Take it to the bank. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. At the NATO summit this week, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says members will reaffirm their commitment to helping Ukraine defend itself against Russia. When President Putin launched this war, he expected that Western unity would fracture, that NATO would break, that our support to Ukraine would wither over time. He was wrong. In Highland Falls, New York, Orange County Executive Stephen Newhouse said they've recovered the remains of a woman killed by floodwaters. She was trying to leave her home um, because of the flash flooding and, and didn't make it across. She was walking her dog across from what we know, and got swept up by the um, literally rapids. It's incredible the amount of water here. And uh, she got washed away. Newhouse spoke to WABC-TV. More heavy downpours today in Connecticut, New York, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine. This is SRN News. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. 
Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill, wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Plan now to join Word FM Friday, August 18th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Expect clear skies for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 60. Sunshine mixing with a few clouds tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll see a high of 86. Mainly clear skies for tomorrow night with a low of 64. Partly sunny skies on tap for Wednesday with a high of 85. Mostly cloudy Thursday, humid, couple of showers and a thunderstorm at a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. March 11th, 2011, in uh, Fukushima, Japan, there was a uh, nuclear power plant meltdown, mm-hmm. an explosion. Right. Uh, uh, of course... Uh, 2011. Yeah. It's a well, long time 12 ago. 12 years ago. So, um, you know, whether it's Chernobyl or... Three Mile Island, nuclear waste is obviously very difficult to clean and contain. Mm-hmm. So the Japanese, uh, in the news today, they plan, the Japanese government, uh, along with the Nuclear uh, Regulatory Committee, they plan to release more than a million metric tons of treated radioactive water from the power plant, a process that's set to begin this summer and could last for three decades or more. Um, it's one of the worst nuclear disasters in history, but Japan is running out of space to build more water tanks. Right, to hold it all. Right. They, it, it holds the contaminated groundwater and rainwater that continues to enter the site. So, of course, like anything, like this is highly contentious. The release has been politicized by neighboring countries, South Korea, China. Fukushima's fishing and agricultural industries are also worried about potential reparational harm on their products, which still, of course, carry the stigma of radioactive exposure. The Japanese public is split on the plan. Many remain distrustful of the government and the Tokyo Electric Power Company, which has been criticized for playing down the bad news about the severity of the disaster in the early days. So the International Atomic Energy Agency uh, released on July 4th its final report 
giving a stamp of approval for Japan's plans. The weird thing is, um, this wastewater, uh, the wastewater will be diluted to something called uh, 1,500 bequacarols, a unit of radioactivity of tritinium per liter of clean water. Uh, there's so much water here. Let me see. I think, what was this, the, the amount of water? Oh, the amount of water that's contaminated equals 500 Olympic-sized swimming pools. And it's growing. So what they're going to do is they're going to dilute this water. And release it into the ocean. Slowly release it into the ocean. Now, what's interesting is that when they release this, apparently it's going to be such low-level radioactivity that's being released that our drinking water contains some level of, of radioactivity this, anyway which is more we're, we're drinking more than what's being released i was wondering about that not, not knowing the first blessed thing yep. about radioactivity i was wondering i seawater has to have a certain level of it anyway yep it, and, it, our, and you're saying our drinking water does it does yeah i'm reading from today's washington post they say in this article we're actually exposed to small amounts of tritanium every day because it exists in tap water in the rain and in the air okay so of course <laughs> You've got a lot of people that you want to make sure are safe, and especially you're dumping all this water into the oh Pacific my gosh. Ocean. Doesn't that make you sick thinking about it? Yeah. I mean, the, the oceans are just filled with so much pollutants. You know that. I mean, whether it's plastic by the, by the ton after ton after ton, and now this, and of course, it just goes on and on and on. But they are being very careful. Uh, I mean, that whole area, my, my nephew was living in Japan when that happened. That whole area, essentially, is still closed. Mm -hmm. It's like Chernobyl. Right. You, go, you don't go into that area. Right. But you went into that area when you were into in Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. I mean, people aren't living there on a regular basis. A small percentage of people are. But it's not like, you know, here in the city of Pittsburgh or whatnot. And people still, you're haunted by that. People who live in those areas are, are the outcasts, the outsiders. Because they kind of carry it. Yeah. The stigma. It's like, you know, it's like leprosy in some way. Unclean, unclean. You carry that with you. Out of all of the... I'm not a huge documentary watcher, so this is not a gigantic sample. Yeah. But taking into account all the things that I have watched in my whole life, in my whole 55 years of life, there are a few things impacted me as much as HBO's Chernobyl. The mini, It's a miniseries, right? Yes. It is is so incredible in so many ways, uh, mostly in regards to the brokenness of the human the heart and the horrible brokenness of that system. Yeah. The Russians, they, I mean, they just, lied from the get-go. It's, it's just, the distance they keep from the truth is so, uh, it's damaging on every single level, individual level, relationship yeah. level, one-to-one, -one, relationship level in groups of people who work together, government to citizen, everything. Yeah. It's uh, it's horrible. It's, it's absolutely the, horrible. Right. It's just the amplification of the human heart, right? We're yeah. all trying to cover ourselves to yeah. look as good as possible. Few of us can step outside those boundaries. Yeah. And then you elevate it to a governmental level. And of course... <laughs> People just lying through their teeth. I don't know. Again, I already said at the start of this that I have no expertise in radiological anything. I know very little about it. But nuclear power, I know it's cheap. I recognize that it is. It's still, I don't feel like we have enough of a handle on nuclear waste to be continually building nuclear power plants. Well, I mean, here we are in the city of Pittsburgh, Westinghouse 
whatever whatever remnants of Westinghouse are, the greatness of Westinghouse that sprung here from the Mon Valley, Westinghouse still produces new generational nuclear power plants, smaller, more compact, and apparently much cleaner. And they're still being produced. I know that it's clean energy until it's not. Right. Until it's not. And there's the problem. But what do you do? I mean, you know, in many places in this, how do you continue to produce? Coal's not the answer, is it? Well, if we keep talking about electric cars, coal's going to have to be the answer. I don't know what else we're going to do. Whereas, I mean, how? Yeah, how do you how do you generate all this? If 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 the whole GM fleet is going to be electric only in ten years, yeah, or in eight years, then I I can't see any possible way that we could up our power grid to accommodate that. The entire state of California, right? How could that possibly be? What do people do who live in apartments? And have an electric an car. Where, where are they going to plug that in? You would hope that your apartment complex would provide charging stations. Right. So now we're going to have charging stations on street? Everywhere. That doesn't make any sense. You're, you're, That's, have you seen them? We've put the cart before. Yeah, I've seen an EV. I've yeah. seen electric charging stations at hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, or at uh, when you're traveling at Sheets or wherever. Get-go. Fine. Yeah, they're everywhere. Okay, but that doesn't answer the question of what happens to somebody who lives in Squirrel Hill. Who parks on the street and has forever. Well, we've got a friend who's got one. He lives in Highland Park. Right. He has a garage, though. Yeah. He has a garage and he can plug it in. He plugs the line in. Right. Where's that power all that's going to come from? Right. Some person who lives on Forward Avenue isn't going to have access to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are not problems for you and I. No, they're They're not. But but it is one of those things you feel like the cart's way before the horse. We've already decided that this is what our fleets are going to look like in all American car manufacturing 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 in the next eight or to ten years and we have no possible way of, of saying how p- the reg- regular person would use that but we're being sold the myth of clean energy as though electricity is mean. somehow cleaner That's what I'm, it's right, not right because it has to be where are we get the source from? right now i'm all upset wow i just what got back heck, from yeah. vacation for goodness well, sake please. uh so coming cool. up next uh oh our good friend neil planting is back yep. with us calvin institute of christian worship we're going to talk about what it means to be a neighbor not like the one who lives next door but a real neighbor we'll talk about it next word fm word what kind of challenges and crises are you facing right now this week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the value of bringing those cares and concerns to the Lord. It's a rewarding study on the effectiveness of prayer according to God's Word. Tune in for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. Mike Lindell has an amazing offer from my listeners on his Giza Elegance My Pillows. Hey, this is John Hall. You'll receive a Giza Elegance My Pillow for as low as $19.98. The regular price is $69.98. This My Pillow comes in four levels of support. You'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as MyPillow towels, mattress topper, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the Giza Elegance MyPillow for as low as $19.98, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-391-0954, use promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his Giza Elegance MyPillow. 
That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch. Too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 888-SHARE-19. That's 888-SHARE-19. 888-SHARE-19. If you've ever dedicated yourself to trying to accomplish something big, something extraordinary, Don't miss requesting the book Dream Small from Truth For Life. This book will turn your definition of success on its head by showing that earthly achievement doesn't amount to much in God's view. So what does? Well, it's the one-on-one encounters that have eternal significance. Reorient your priorities. Request Dream Small at truthforlife.org slash donate. Who is my neighbor? And how do I love my neighbor? That is a question, I think, right? That uh, vexes many of us. Jesus was very clear in who our neighbor was and how we should love our neighbor. We always fall short. Dr. Neil Plantinga is back with us again. He's a senior research fellow at the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship and president emeritus of Calvin Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, He's written many wonderful books, but we've been really burrowing deep into his latest called Under the Wings of God, 20 Biblical Reflections for a Deeper Faith. And Neil, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back with you, John. Neil, uh, Matthew 22 says this, Jesus said to him, quote, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Neil, without asking too big of a question in too short of a time, um, Talk about why this passage is so important and what it links back to uh, in the Old Testament book of Leviticus. Right. So these two commandments uh, were originally in the Old Testament. Um, One of them in Deuteronomy, the, the command to love God above all, and the other from Leviticus to love our neighbor as ourselves And they sum up so much of human obligation, our first loyalty to God, to love God with everything we have, and our second loyalty to our neighbor, to love our neighbor with the same enthusiasm that we love ourselves. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't slander ourselves, we shouldn't slander our neighbor either. We wouldn't lie to ourselves at least not intentionally, we shouldn't intentionally lie to our neighbor either. To treat our neighbor with uh, the same kind of deference, respect, and favor as we treat ourselves is 
a bedrock of Christian morality. Mm-hmm. Neil, you start off the essay, Neighbor Love, uh, retelling a story that you heard on uh, NPR years ago. Can you capsulize that story for us? Yeah, it's a wonderful story of a time when the Khmer Rouge were uh, running Cambodia. They were really a group of butchers. They were horrible people. And uh, they were under the direction of Pol Pot, dictator in Cambodia. And they imprisoned everybody who opposed them. And one of the people they imprisoned was a man named Von Nat, who was an artist and... All, kind of, all around him, people were being tortured and killed, um, and Von Nath thought the same fate was uh, coming to him. But one day a guard came to him and said, look, um, we know you're an artist. Here's a, a photo of Pol Pot. We want you to paint his portrait from this photo. And if you do it, uh, we're going to spare your life. So Von Nott uh, tackled it. You, you can imagine how hard it was for him to paint a human face onto a man who was um, the king butcher in Cambodia. But he successfully painted Pol Pot's portrait. His life was spared. And after he uh, was released from prison, he painted from memory the portraits of as many prisoners as he could, uh, giving them some kind of humanity and some kind of longevity after their deaths in prison. And years later, um, he was visiting what became a museum, the Tool Slang Museum, where uh, portraits, his own portraits of prisoners are hanging. And he was startled to see another visitor who looked familiar and it finally dawned on him that this was one of the guards back in the day when the Khmer Rouge ran the prison, a man named Hoy, who was a a very accomplished killer. And Von Knott was shy, didn't quite dare to approach him, but finally gathered his courage and went up to him and said, "Um, do you know who I am? And Hoy said, yes. And Von Ott said, the portraits of the prisoners that I painted, uh, have you seen them? Yes. Did I tell the truth? And Hoy said, you did, but the reality was even worse. So I concluded that what uh, Von Nott really wanted to say um, to all of us was what he said to Hoy next. He said, you know, those prisoners were people just like us. Mm -hmm. They only wanted to live. In other words, they were our neighbors, and we should have loved them. They were people of humankind, and all they really needed was a little kindness. I love that story. Me too. It's a great story. Yeah, because I think, Neil, that we often uh, think about our Christian faith as something that has to be or should be heroic in some way. You know, we we grew up reading stories about 
great people who believed in Jesus, who, you know, gave up their lives for others, who sacrificed themselves um, either on the mission field or at home or stood for something great. Uh, and so we think, yeah, we idolize those people. Kids should be reading about them. They should know people like that, except that we we're not willing, as you said, to kind of, uh, instead of starting with calculus, start with arithmetic and just being able to go to the person next door and say hi. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, we never know whether God may call us um, to find heroism for a particularly urgent uh, crisis. We don't know that. But meanwhile, um, we have to be just, fair to people around us, including relatives that we don't particularly like. Um, we have to be civil even to people who aren't civil to us. Um, and I think, you know, in a family, uh, showing hospitality for maybe the unpopular member of the family or showing uh, kindness to somebody who gets a uh, middle school kid, maybe a brother or sister who gets bullied in school, uh, showing the kind of empathy that lets us weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Those are everyday affairs, even, you know, checking out in a supermarket where they still have um, actual checkout clerks, mm -hmm. uh, making a little eye contact, um, asking kindly how they are. Uh, simple things. Uh, I think of this especially in connection with black and brown citizens to say hello on the sidewalk, to uh, look people in the face. You want to do what you can to um, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And, and Neil, like Kathy said, you know, we, in some ways it feels like, you know, to love your neighbor. Oh, I, everyone would nod along with that to get that. But there are so many things, obstacles in the way, whether it's our fear, our pride, um, prejudice. Yes, our prejudice that prevent us from doing that. And I'm, you know, history is filled with people who are who are great in the public but very poor at home. There's always a disconnect in some way. That's right, and I suppose that uh, we learn um, how to love others uh, most typically at home if we have been blessed with uh, a healthy home. Uh, marriage is a great school for virtue. Mm -hmm. um, we learn over the years to make allowances, to um, put the best face on what our partner says or wants. But you're right, it's, uh, it's a daily matter, and uh, we have to overcome certain obstacles. Some of us are just shy, you know, to say hello to a stranger or to look somebody in the face is hard for us. And, you know, the Lord knows our raw material. So I'm sure we get um, smiles in heaven for uh, doing what we can in spite of our shyness. But yes, uh, there are obstacles there and we contend with them every day. Mm. Neil Planting is with us. We're talking about his book that we love called Under the Wings of God, 20 Biblical Reflections for a Deeper Faith. Um, Neil, I want to ask you about gleaning. 
uh, this is something that's talked about uh, in the book of Ruth. That's the first place it comes to my mind. Um, can you explain what gleaning is? And then uh, I want to bring it to um, love of neighbor, as you do in this chapter, because that really, it was a concrete way that it made sense for me. So talk about gleaning. One of the uh, most wonderful chapters in scripture is Leviticus 19, a chapter all about loving your neighbor. In fact, Leviticus 19 is the chapter in which we first encounter God's command for us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And in it, there are um, laws for people who own a field. Uh, God says to them, um, when you harvest, don't harvest all the way to the end of the row. Leave the end of the row unharvested so that the poor and aliens can glean wheat from your field. It's a wonderful, gracious provision because the poor person who doesn't have enough money to own a field is given a stake in the field by the uh, owner leaving the ends of the rows for them. Uh, an alien who is you know, a stranger, somebody like Ruth, uh, is given a stake in the field. Uh, the wonderfulness of the provision is that the the gleaner uh, doesn't have to wonder whether there is anything for them. Hmm. The ends of the rows are purposely left for them. It's perfectly plain what's there for them. And they don't have to search. They don't have to worry. They don't have to beg. They don't even have to ask. All they have to do is follow the harvest right along uh, take their tote bag and um, pluck grain from the ends of the rows, and they can live. What I loved about, first of all, that's it's an amazing concept. What I loved uh, that you brought up in your chapter on it, uh, in Under the Wings of God, is that you. it's not that you are creating, um, it's not that you're recognizing that poor people have a stake in your land, if if you were a farmer and did this, but you're actually creating a stakeholder in your land. And I would yeah. never have thought of it that way, but that's really, that's like a regenerative process, a creative process even. I learned this from uh, my teacher, Paul Ramsey at Princeton University, who who said the idea in neighbor love is not to recognize a stakeholder, but to create a stakeholder. And here's a perfect example in Leviticus 19, where the owner of the field makes the, the poor person a stakeholder and does this providing food for the hungry in a way, and this is hugely important, that protects that poor person's dignity. <laughs> he doesn't have to beg. He doesn't even have to ask. He can simply follow the harvest right along and pluck grain, harvest grain that has purposely been left for him. I love this. Uh, I can't read Leviticus 19 without a tingle along the spine. Mm -hmm. And I think, Neil, in some ways, you know, the church is fallible in, in, a, in a lot of things. But I think one of the wonderful things the church does well is something like this gleaning. Because uh, most churches, 
do this to their neighbors with uh, soup kitchen, soup kitchens, or they have, you know, a, a Sunday or two a month where they invite the neighbors in and there's groceries that are distributed. That's a powerful thing for us to be part of. It's a powerful thing for us to be a part of, and it's good for us. Um, you know, the commands of God are not arbitrary. Uh, they don't uh, fulfill some whim on God's part. They are recipes for our flourishing. If we live by the commandments, we will do better. Uh, we will not do be- only do better for others who are the beneficiaries of our obedience to the commands. We will do better by ourselves. We are intended to live in community. We are intended to see to it that others are not alone. That's why we are to be hospitable. And we are intended to share what we have with others as part of the human community, uh, which is why God tells us to do it. It provides for them, but it also helps we ourselves to flourish. Dr. Cornelius Plantinga, Senior Research Fellow at the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship and President Emeritus of Calvin Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We've been talking to him about his book, Under the Wings of God. Neil, I also have to tell you that my sister for my birthday got me a copy of your book called Morning and Evening Prayers, which is just a delight as well. So thank you for that. You're welcome, and thank you for saying so, Kathy. Always a pleasure, Neil. Thanks for being with us. Very welcome. Listen, uh, Under the Wings of God, as you hear, it's, so good. it's highly it's recommended. really helpful. Small really helpful. little nuggets. So beautiful. The world is ever-changing. Fashion, automobiles, news, turn around, and the world is always it's, different. Everything's changed. However, God never changes. God is eternal. Transient? Yes, life is. But if you're thinking about embedding yourself in the eternal truth of God and you're a young, soon-to-be college student, I would say, look at Grove City College. It's hard to think through these things. You know, it's hard to think through the news today. It's hard to think through issues that affect people, you know, issues of truth and justice and all. And what it means to follow Jesus and be an intellectual person in the world. Um, You need a guide. You need mentors. You need professors that care about you, um, who know you, and who are willing to speak into your life if asked. And uh, on a college campus, sometimes that type of mentorship is a hard thing to find. I'm into that. So if you're thinking about applying to colleges in this new semester, your son, your daughter, you yourself, where do you end up? Where do you spend four years of hard-earned study? We'd say Grove City College, the eternal truth of Christ. That is what's necessary for life to flourish. GCC.edu, Grove City College. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. 
Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Need a roof replacement? How would you like it for half off? Word FM is partnering with the award-winning Bachman's Roofing and Solar for this exclusive one-time offer. Half off any full roof replacement valued up to $15,000. Just click the banner at wordfm.com for details and to apply. Bachman's will give you a free estimate and whatever it is, up to $15,000, you'll get it for half off. But act fast before it's gone. Click the banner at wordfm.com today. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. About one in three women will have an abortion by age 45. And nearly half of abortions are among women 24 years old or younger. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. Deciding to have an abortion has got to be the most difficult decision a woman may ever make in her lifetime. But nothing can justify the intentional taking of innocent life. Talk with your doctor about life-saving options. Expect clear skies for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 60. Sunshine mixing with a few clouds tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll see a high of 86. Mainly clear skies for tomorrow night with a low of 64. Partly sunny skies on tap for Wednesday with a high of 85. Mostly cloudy Thursday, humid, couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? It does what make sense? One week of vacation. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. Vacation minimum. You should take a two-week vacation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you just now, that first week you're just shedding. Mm-hmm. The second week is more settling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, you feel cheated. I mean, you're back. This time last I'm back. week. I mean, I'm back. Yeah. I mean, I had a week of vacation. Now I'm back. You should have taken two. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. what you should have done is taken a sabbatical and be gone for three months. Right. Wouldn't that right. be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Here's the thing. I think that one week of vacation does make sense. What? But it could make more sense uh, yeah. if it was a two-week vacation. Uh, I agree. I, I I have, what did you say? I've I've Settled. Settled. I've settled. First week you shed. Oh, then, I've shed. But uh, but uh, perhaps I haven't settled. Right. That's my problem. I, I, yeah. I've taken two weeks vacation. Lex, that's my problem. I've shed but not settled. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can feel it here in the studio. Right, because there's, there hasn't been settling. Right, right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so you think that doesn't make sense? No. I mean, I mean yes, but no. Yeah. I mean, I, who's going to turn down a week vacation? No, nobody's turning that no, down. No, right. But, you know, ideally, two weeks and or more yeah. would make perfect sense. Yeah. All right, so with you on vacation, I've been thinking about this. Does this make sense? Sunscreen clothing. <laughs> In your long screen, long sleeve sun shirt. Right now? Yeah. Is um, this something new? Yeah, it is something new. I'd say about you know 12 years new. Uh-huh. It's not like it just came out in April. Right. But you see the shirts, like, you know. Yep. Hey, All of, I have a bunch of little nieces and nephews. Everybody's got a long sleeve sun shirt. SP50. Sure. Sure. It makes all the sense in the world, John. You think? Yes, it does. In lieu of sunscreen? You know why? Why? Because sunscreen's awful. I hate everything about it. it. I hate the smell of it. I love it. I hate putting it on. I hate the whole thing. Especially if you have a little kid. Wouldn't you just be happier to just put a long sleeve sunshirt on? I wouldn't trust it. 
You wouldn't trust the sun shirt? I would do both. Oh, Sun's, come on. I would do both. Well, then don't buy the long sleeve sun shirt. Bo- I don't trust it. No, for goodness sake. Lather up. No, you're not lathering up. The whole point of the sun shirt is to not lather. What if, it's, what if it doesn't work well? Then you get a sunburn. Well. No, 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 no. No, that's why you're the, the shirts cost like 30 bucks. Yeah. If they don't work, then there's a serious problem. Would you do that with your kids when your kids were little? Yes. Really? But I don't think we had them. No, I don't think so either. I'm doing both. You're not doing both doing is both. ridiculous. And because I, I believe that... that well, are you, know, you going to wear one, a long sleeve sun shirt? I have. You have, have not. When I go to the beach, You're I wear them. That? I do. Yes, of course I do. And I'm putting on sunscreen because I believe that sunscreen, that smell, <laughs> it's like an aphrodisiac Oh, get out of here. I That's love it so the much. worst. It's fabulous. Oh, my oh, I gosh. Love it. I can't stand really, if it. If I could eat it, I would. That's oh, how much I love that. it. <sighs> Makes sense. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. God is the superintendent of the whole universe, and if he chooses to use Satan in the accomplishment of his purposes, even of judgment, don't be surprised. He uses donkeys to do that. He can surely use Satan. Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series, The Tender Warrior, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. It's Trinity Jewelers' 6th Annual Half-Off, Half-The-Store Sale. It only happens once a year. Come to Trinity Jewelers on Mount Nebo Road this Thursday through July 18th and get half-off, half-the-store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Don't miss out. Shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers' Half-Off, Half-The-Store Sale at Trinity Jewelers' Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 23 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends Tuesday, July 18th. Visit Trinity Jewelers.com.
remember um, the early days of the internet. Remember chat rooms? Mm-hmm. Right? People spend all, all this time in chat rooms. They were the source of amusement and despair yeah. for people. Yeah, for sure. Were they not? Yes. Marriages we were should, made I don't know and wh- destroyed I in don't know rooms. why we thought that social media would be so great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so friendships online, I think as long as there's been computers and the ability to communicate with each other through computers, friendships have been made. Mm-hmm. Young adults, though, say friendship-making apps which match potential companions or curate community events help them find their people first. But you have to wrestle with some common anxiety. Is it weird to be actively looking for friends online? Okay, so this is like a dating app, but for friends? Yeah. Right? You're just, I'm not interested in dating. Mm -hmm. I just want to find some people to hang out with who I like that I can get together with. And then you establish that online community, right? Uh, I'm jumping online, back and forth. And then you take it a step further where you're going to meet face-to-face with that same group. Have you done that? Never. Mm -hmm. Would you do that? Yeah, I mean, I get. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Wait, I was going to say yes, but maybe no. I could do that. Lexi, would you do that? I probably would. Okay. Okay, now, Lexi, you are of the age. There you are. You're 23. This is prime time for you. Now, you don't, you don't remember chat rooms, do you? No, I do. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you chat? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. As like as a kid, you'd go on to oh, like Omegle right. and stuff like that, and you know, yeah, joke like just see what insanity pops up but yeah i remember insanity. them a little bit yeah. but not like the um like the really old chat rooms i'm like the newer like uh, like i said omegle is probably like the one thing that i used as a right. as a kid well like we're old enough to remember the uh aol mm-hmm. right ubiquitous aol mm-hmm. uh cd roms right the discs mm-hmm. you put mm-hmm. in you they were everywhere everyone's checkout and whatnot that was to me that was sort of like the beginning of friendship online friendships no so what about this I mean, I talked about this a little earlier, not knowing where my my kids are online with their friends all the time. And then they take it a step further and they meet in public. Okay. Lex, you doing that? I did do that um, a while back. Um, I can't remember how I met them, but I met this group of um, friends. I think we were playing video games and like I had added them yeah. or something like that. Um, and that group of friends became um, really close and I went up there in they lived in Michigan, so I took a trip up there to meet them um and it was really fun. They were really awesome people and it's so funny because um one of those people in my group that group uh, I had met first, and so I was really close friends with him, and he actually took me to my senior prom. <laughs> oh my goodness so Jesus. come on, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. I'm not was it successful? Was yeah, it oh my gosh, yeah he was he's just a he was a very personable person i guess and mm-hmm. so um he made friends with all of my friends and you know it was honestly it was so much fun okay so now everybody's on camera online is that true so i mean like in the old days when you were like chatting you never really saw the person's face right i mean you just were you were just typing back and forth to each other now people is it kind of a zoom experience um omegle is you can go online and um you can see videos face to face of like basically like chat roulette rooms um, chat but for roulette. the, um, what's chat roulette? I chat roulette is more of like a, um, so Speed you dating. go, well, a kind of, but like just meeting random people. 
Um, so you'll go into a chat room. You'll be paired with someone. You'll type in similar interests. You'll be paired with someone who's supposed to have your similar interests, and you can talk to them, or you can, you know, ignore them and go on to the next um, person is what I would say. Is there a high element of creepiness involved here? Oh, for sure. You have to be super careful. But yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so I'm reading uh, an article in today's Washington Post, which made me think about this meeting up online or in person. There, uh, meeting up. There's uh, an app out there called Meetup. Do you know this? Meetup, the Washington Post says, organizers post get-togethers like book clubs, hikes, and bar crawls. You can search by your interests, join a few groups to get alerted of upcoming events. Many of the meetups are virtual or have a virtual offering. Check out local subreddits and Discord servers. Bumble for Friends is another place to go. Uh, what else? Uh, there's a, like a zillion of one of these things. Uh, all these different places you can go if you're so inclined. We were talking about the loneliness epidemic. Yes, which is marked. And it's not just in America. You know, they, the have a, they have a minister of loneliness in the UK. I'm sure it, my daughter just returned from Japan. She was talking about how that's you know, a major concern in that country. So it's just pe- people need to be together. And the pandemic only, mm-hmm. you know, Made magnified our feelings of loneliness. Right. So I think that's a really big deal. Okay, let me ask you a question, Lex. Back to the story about the guy who took you to your senior prom. <laughs> Where's he now? Yeah. For, well, what was it like? Had you ever seen him? Would Were you, were, were you talking to him online? Yeah, um, I had met him. I mean, were you talking to him on camera? Pardon me. No, I was not. Okay. So you had no idea what he looked like? Nope, not a clue. And then when I I met like him and all of his friends first, like in person, um, and and we had like we added each other on Facebook, you know, like on sure, okay, all social okay. medias, yeah, and yeah. so like there was that element to it where I had I know what he looks like, you know, he's not a mystery to me, and I've met him in person, so that is when I was like, yeah. Uh, we're really close. Like, I'll come take me to prom. Come hang out. <laughs> Interesting. So it wasn't like mystery date, the old, you know, sort of game. Remember that thing? <laughs> mystery date. No, it was no. not. You don't remember that thing? It's your mystery date. It was like, Is that a game show? No, it was like a game where, like, you know, you, you were hoping, like, you know, it was like a girl thing. Like no. back in the 60s and 70s. No. Where, you know, why you don't remember that? No. And it was like, you know, the dream boat was there, like in these little tucks. And then, the, like, the, you know, the, the sort of booby prize was the mechanic grease monkey guy. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. That's a great thing. Well, it was the 60s. Okay. Yeah. Just saying. We're apologizing for the whole decade. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, was there a shock factor when you did see each other in person? Oh, for sure. That's like like how people see us when when John and I are at functions. People are so Who's shocked. Like grease monkey? At what they look, at, because they're used to hearing our voices right. and they're yeah. not used to seeing our faces. People say you don't look like you know, right. I you, I mean, if, if I've heard that one time, I've right. heard it ten thousand times. In what you look you like. don't look at all like I pictured you. Right. Sorry. And then you always have to say I'm sorry, yeah, no, which seems it's, weird. It's, this is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Here's my la- Here's my only concern about all of this. I love Lexi's story because she actually met the person yep. in person. And then it turned out to be a prom date, and that's even better. But what about when you are conversing with somebody online? Lexi, do you think there's a concern that you're kind of almost tricking yourself into thinking that you have a friend when if there's no, if you've never met in person, then how real is it? I think those friendships can be very real because you can always, I think friendships are more about what you share with each other than meeting in person. And so the intimacy, yeah, the intimacy of a, of, of a friendship. And so there are times where you can, 
um, have really deep conversations and have really insightful conversations with people you've never seen face to face. And so I think that if you continue to stay in touch or I think the telltale sign is like, you know, if you haven't talked to them in a very long time, but you can continue to talk to them after you've had that long period of time where you haven't seen them or talked to them in a while and you can pick up like nothing's ever changed. I think that's really special, too. And that's something I see in friendships quite a lot. And I think you can totally have that with um, someone you've never even seen before. Interesting. Okay, so uh, I I think probably the first thing we'd have to do is you would have to get all the weirdness, the creepiness out of the way, right? Because, I mean, I'm sure the Internet is filled with people who are like, you know, this is a sexual thing. You know, I'm looking for some weird, creepy thing. You have to how do you eradicate that from the get go? That I I'm not I guess. (laughs) You have to vet it. Like, you have to have your own personal vetting, I think. Mm, okay. Um, because there are a lot of um, scary things on the Internet. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. There's a lot of scary people on the Internet. Mm. And so Internet safety is super important um, when knowing, you know, what to look, what are the signs, what to look for. Um, and parents just being super aware of, you know, who their kids are talking to. And that's it. You know, we're, we're talking about this on different levels here. I mean, there's there's a difference between, you know, a 10-year-old or a 14-year-old oh yes. talking to strangers who become, right. in air quotes, friends, as opposed to someone in, you know, their 30s, 40s, 50s, or whatever, becoming a friend, mm-hmm. right? A big variable here. Oh, my gosh. It's night and day. Yeah. I mean... But the danger is still the same. The, well, the creepiness well, is yeah, still the, the same. Yeah, the danger is still the same. But issues of trafficking are not going to be as marked if somebody is 38 right, versus right, right. somebody who's 18. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the idea of it. Of meeting people online? I wouldn't do it. I mean, at what, <laughs> at what point do you reach, you know, like for me, I go, I'm fine. I don't mm-hmm. need to. I don't need to meet more friends. I mean, is that? I think right. that's like an age thing. Well, it's like, like my Lexi. It's like my cat. Like she's already met everyone she wants to know. That's about it. <laughs> that's just the way it is. I, and but the world is full of fascinating, fascinating wonderful, people. incredibly. Kind I'm open people. to meet anybody. I'm always. You would do this online? No, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I would. I'm always excited to meet a new person. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah, you're good like that. We need to take a break. When we come back, food news. Food news. Food news, John. We got food news. We like, got about. You're going to read the giant eagle like so, flyer? No. Cauliflower. $4. We're going to talk about some things that we should know about what we're putting in our body. Oh. It's not a health thing, but I, maybe a little bit. Next. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. Do you have heart failure and often hear those stomach issues ruined your birthday you're too tired to play catch grandpa sweetie you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis if these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar talk to your cardiologist ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy or attrcm 
a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care. Here to keep you firing on all cylinders. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit geneva.edu slash graduate to learn more. It's Trinity Jewelers' sixth annual half-off, half-the-store sale. It only happens once a year. Come to Trinity Jewelers on Mount Nebo Road this Thursday through July 18th and get half-off, half-the-store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Don't miss out. Shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers' half-off, half-the-store sale at Trinity Jewelers' Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 23 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends Tuesday, July 18th. Visit trinityjewelers.com. This day in history, July 10th, Coca-Cola, of course, completely overrun by consumers complaining about New Coke that had just been introduced in April, dusted off the old formula and called it Coca-Cola Classic. New Coke had lasted just 80 days, Mm. still considered one of the worst most egregious marketing blunders in U.S. consumer history. Yeah. My question for you, John, is what year did that happen? What year did New Coke debut mm. and then was pulled back? Uh, I think that was an 80s thing. Okay. I would say 1985. Yes, that's hey, exactly hey. right. Okay, I remember it very clearly because, you know, I love myself a Coke. Yeah, me too. And uh, when New Coke came out, I was shocked, and and I was like, it felt like a betrayal. Oh, me too. That's exactly how mm-hmm. I felt. Like, how dare you? Lexi, you weren't alive, were you? Yeah, she was not, no. A gleam in her father's eye at that point. No, I was right? not. But still. It, it was th- a horrible dark day. Just trust horrible, me on that, horrible. okay? I believe you. <laughs> and then finally, they rolled it back, and you think, oh, thank so goodness. So it was only April. So it was 80 days wow. that the new Coke was on the shelves, and it was just 80 days of complete angst. And that was before there was Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what it would be like People today? People were mad. Okay, I remember this day in history because I remember seeing the Coca-Cola Classic for the first time, the mm. label, and I instantly loved the label. Oh, really? Yeah, it just completely clicked with me. I don't remember what it, it looked like. It seemed like, well, it looks the same as it does now. It's a classic uh-huh. script. Yep, mm, classic yeah. script. Mm. And it just seemed like it was, things were the way they were supposed to be. You know what I mean? Always right whoever, with the universe. Um, whoever uh, imagined the graphic uh, display of that did such a great job because mm. instantly it was like it kind of restored my faith in the company. How could they do that? I don't know. Why would they think that, that was know. the right thing? And New Coke, the, the, the graphic of that was horrible. Yeah, everything about it. It was just terrible. Hey, you went to the Coke Museum? 
in Atlanta. Mm, I'd like to go there. It is, we we went simply because we were supposed to do something else and had a couple extra hours. Once we were in there, we were like, this is a cannot miss thing if really? you're going to Atlanta. Oh, that's super cool. It is fabulous. It's like a history of America. It's very similar to the um, Heinz History Museum. Oh. In that it's beautiful inside. Yeah. It has a lot of things that are familiar to you, but it's really displayed in a gorgeous interaction. If you're ever in Atlanta, go to the Coke fabulous. Museum. I mean, Coke is America. So the artwork, all the marketing. Oh, it's Gorgeous. Recognizable, right? Like it's Santa gorgeous. Claus. And then the whole tasting room at the end. Wait, is you there get a tasting to, room? Oh, yeah. You get to taste all the different Coke products and how differently they're made in different parts of the world. Oh, that is true, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Coke what is it different. What in Europe, what it tastes like in Africa, mm-hmm. South America. You know, it's Very really nice. Crazy. Hey, have a Coke and a smile. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow, guy, will we? The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.